you've been to a Miami Heat game over the last three decades, you're probably familiar with that voice. Michael Biamonte is the public address announcer for the Heat and a proud FIU alum. We talked about his time with the FIU basketball team, stories from his years with the Heat, and I really enjoyed the details of his approach and mindset, whether it was when he started to formulate this idea at a young age of doing this as a career, to enjoying the ride as Miami is in yet another NBA Finals. This was a fun conversation. I'm AJ Ricketts. Hope you enjoy episode 13 of the FIU Athletics Podcast. All right, Michael Biamonte, FIU alum, class of what, 2012, 13? You look like you just graduated. <laughs> yeah, AJ, uh, you're too kind. <laughs> it was uh, long ago. Long ago. No, not too long. And of course, uh, public address announcer for, for the Miami Heat. Thanks for, for taking some time this week, man. It's a busy time of year. Did you, I don't know if you expected to still be this busy into June yeah, you know, when, when we were losing in the play-in game. In, right. When, uh, when you're down with three minutes left yeah. in the, last, the second play-in game, uh, your, your thoughts of, am I going to be working in June, are nowhere. It, don't enter the picture You're like Chuck anywhere. and Shaq thinking, Cancun on three. One, <laughs> <laughs> like Nassau on three. And, and then things yeah. happen. And, yeah. and listen, it's going to be a short off season for me because we're going to finish with the NBA season. And FIU football is going to be starting up right away yeah. a couple yeah, of months it's, later. It's coming so. soon. Yeah. Um, I was at that first play-in game, actually. I went with the buddy. He was like, I got some seats in the nosebleeds. Let's hop, let's hop uh, to that game. And, and from the first quarter... <laughs> It was very, we were very disgruntled. It was just, it couldn't imagine two months later to be, be in the NBA finals. No, I don't think anybody could. And I don't yeah. think anyone could who objectively followed this team for the entire season. Right. Um, it, it, it certainly wasn't the team we're seeing now. Uh, but those guys in that locker room knew what they could what do. They keep referencing. And, and there were plenty of injuries over the course of the there year. There were. We had the yeah, second most uh, kind of year. players. Uh, minutes missed because of injury and yeah. and I just I never felt like we got on any kind of momentous roll where we got six in a row right. or, or eight in a row it's okay now we're now we're kind of getting it figured out um, but they certainly haven't figured out right now uh, excited to talk about your time at FIU how this how this all got started and of course Miami Heat memories and and, and reflecting on, on so many amazing runs that this organization has been able to have it want to keep it just where we are at this point in time a little bit. I mean, this is the first finals in a couple of years. I mean, it was on, we were on a roll for a while. Every year, felt you were, you were public address for the NBA finals. Of course, we made it the COVID year, but I don't, you weren't at the bubble, right? I was not in person at the bubble. My right. voice was there, right? but I was not there. So no. it's got to feel good to be back. What was the last year again? I'm forgetting off the top of my head. It was 2013-14. 14, okay. So it was nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, to being live in the building uh, for a finals game. Do you, is there still performance anxiety for you at this juncture when it gets to this level or is it is it old hats to, to have the ABC cameras on your face as you start the, the, the starting lineup introductions? There's there's still some anxious moments there, you <laughs> yeah. know, because having, having millions of people watching you with the camera right in my face, yeah. that's not a common occurrence. You know, that, that's not happening every <laughs> night at a heat game. Um, and that doesn't happen anymore in the playoffs. It happens in the finals. Right. And so things around me will be a lot different, and that will get my attention. Um, I, I certainly don't expect it to change sure. my ability to, to do my job, but I'll be aware of it. I'll be aware. There, 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 might, be a, there might be a little extra flutter in the stomach uh, uh, tomorrow night, but yeah. I think that's probably normal. 
It's, uh, I'm really excited to chat with you. I, I, I remember, you know, subconsciously hear your voice watching Heat games in the finals when I was in high school. And first Heat game I went to with a buddy was sophomore year of college. And we were on the Metro rail waiting for the Metro mover. And he's just standing on the platform looking at what was the AAA at the time. And he's like, he's just, he's just mimicking your intros. He's like, <laughs> and now, stand. I'm like, buddy, what, what are you doing? He's like, that's, that's Mike B. You're going to see him. You're gonna see. <laughs> so so to, to get to know you over the years and your work here at FIU, it's, it's pretty cool. Because you're synonymous with Miami Heat basketball. Does that ever get old? No, like people will just... They might not know who you are, half may, half may not, but they know Dos Minutos. They know the intros. I mean, how neat is that? It's, it's really cool, AJ, I have to tell you. Um, it is something that I, I never really expected it, but with the longevity, uh, this being my 32nd year as right. the PA voice of the Heat, um, all of the things that I brought, the, the catchphrases, the too many steps, yeah. uh, the stand up and make some noise for your Miami Heat, that, the, the dos minutos, that's all been consistent over and over and over. And the, the town, the city of South Florida, uh, they've really embraced it. Yeah. And, and they, they really get a kick out of it and enjoy it. And I do too. I, you know, I always tell my friends, don't you get sick of people asking you to do dos minutos or do stand up make some noise? I said, no, no, no. It's when they stop asking you right. to do it. That's when you got to work. Yeah, you want them to always care and have that, that passion <laughs> for it. Because you, you talk about PA announcers across the league and all have their, their own unique things. But I feel like some of your phrases, what you've made it, it, iconic at Heat Games, like it's, it's unique in terms of, I think, of the NBA. Maybe the Detroit PA announcer when he does his Detroit basketball. Yep. That's the only other thing I could think of, having watched years of the league. So you, there, there's certainly a familiarity with that. I want to get more into the phrases, the origins of that throughout, throughout this conversation, but let's rewind a little bit. It's not that long ago when you were in undergrad, <laughs> all right? It's just a, a couple of years ago. But you, we were talking a little bit. You were involved with the early days of, of FIU basketball. I think the program's first year is in the early 80s, 81, 82, at the top of my head, if I, if I remember correctly. Yep, but, you're right. Um, was P was was speaking at the game, being on the mic, public address. Was that always something? Were you in your living room as a kid, pretending you were do, doing starting starting lineups? Where was the origin of, of that passion? For so you? growing up, uh, I probably got hooked into it. I would say, in my middle school years, uh, somewhere around eighth grade, I knew that my voice could carry yeah. better than anybody else's. <laughs> I just kind of learned that, and. At the time, there was no basketball in South Florida. Right. And you would get maybe one or two games a week on one of the stations. CBS would carry a NBA game of the week. And so I'd watch, I liked basketball, I'd watch basketball. And for whatever reason, probably because they were a really good team, we would always get the broadcasts from the Philadelphia games. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching the Philadelphia 76ers at home on television. And I hear this big, booming voice in the background. Yeah. Not the play-by-play -play guy, not the color guy, but this big, booming voice in the, in the background. And I realize that the crowd is kind of responding to what this guy is doing. Right. And so um, I kept watching and listening, and I said, boy, that, that sounds pretty cool. I, I, I wonder what that's all about. And then I would later learn that, he was what they call the public address announcer. His name is Dave Zinkoff. Mm. And so I would listen to Dave on my television as a young kid and kind of learn what you say, 
I learned kind of my style came a little bit from, from his. And so when I got into high school, I finally got a chance to announce our team, our, our boys team, and had a great time with it. And graduated there, came to FIU the very first year they had okay. a men's basketball team. And they needed, they needed to staff up everything. <laughs> right. And one of the things yeah. they needed was a public address announcer. And so on my application for FIU, um, I was very proud of the fact that we were the only school of our size in Dade County that had an announcer for their boys basketball program. So I, you know, they, one of the questions they asked on the application, what were you most proud of in high school? Yeah. And so I said that I started this program and I put this <laughs> program together. Well, somehow that application got to the sports information director at FIU yeah. who gave me a call and said, would you like to audition for the job as the men's basketball PA announcer? I said, I'd love to. <laughs> This is back in 1981. Right. Our arena doesn't exist. <laughs> it's a different landscape on campus. There were five buildings on campus when I was uh, in school. Still see here. vestiges of the airport. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You, we, we parked on one of the airstrips. That was the parking lot. Yeah. So we had to find different places to play. One of them was a local high school in Sweetwater. Mm -hmm. And so I remember that's where I went and auditioned, for, did, the, did the game, and uh, the, the SID, a gentleman by the name of Rich Kelch, Rich came up to me after and said, we'd love to have you announce our games. So that's how I got started with FIU basketball. And for maybe those first two years, we were, we were gypsies, man. We played anywhere that we could find a gym until the, the arena was open. Yeah. And so that sent us to high schools in Miami Beach, sent us to Dade, uh, Miami-Dade College, and sent us to the strangest venue I've ever announced a basketball game in the James L. Knight Center. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you, if you don't know the James L. Knight Center, think about going to a play venue or a concert venue. Seats all on Just one side. One side, right. And yeah. then a, a, stage a, a performance yeah. area <laughs> to which there was a basketball court put down. Fans, no visiting fans and home fans. Everybody's on the same side. Right. You're actually in a hotel. And so it was the strangest venue that I've ever done <laughs> basketball in. Um, it led, in my career, to an even more unusual uh, time. Uh, the guy, the uh, gentleman who was running the James L. Knight Center, who I got to know from doing games there, called me up one day and said, hey, I got a gig that I think you might be good for. Um, he said, uh, I've got an organization looking for a ring announcer. And I said, well, I mean, I've never done boxing You'd before. You've only done basketball, essentially. At this point, I did a little bit of high school football when I was okay. in high school, but just right. basketball is yeah. my thing. I said, I've never done boxing. He said, oh, no, it's not boxing. It's professional wrestling. <laughs> and so for two years, I worked for Vince McMahon as a ring announcer for what was then the World Wrestling Federation. Um, and announced all the stars you could think of in the mid 80s, including guys like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And, right. and um, so that was one of the more unusual things. But I, I have to thank the fact that I was the voice of FIU men's basketball and we were traveling around everywhere and people <laughs> got to hear you. Yeah. And so um, that it's a, it's, it was a great story. Um, and FIU is always gonna be special to me because that's really where 
things started to lift off. So you were listening to PA announcers with a critical ear from a young age. Yes. So if you if you had tape, maybe you do of of your college PA days. Would you? How much have you changed since? Would you give it a, a good critique at this point? Because like, I, I think of my college broadcasting, and I, I won't show anybody that it's on, it's a private video on YouTube. <laughs> maybe the students in my class, it's their like reward at the end of the semester. Hey, here's how I was in college, and you're so much better than that. So <laughs> I, I listen with a very critical ear. Do you, do you, I, um, you know, it's funny because a lot of the things that I did here, yeah, I took with me to the NBA. I ask, yeah, and so. I've always had the, the, the elongated name style for the home guys and the, the muted style for when the visitors <laughs> score. Um, and, and something like the, too many steps, that came, that started here and that went with me to the NBA. Uh, when they uh, had three pointers, three went with me over there, three. Um, so I brought a lot of what I was doing here with me to the NBA and it, it works. It's subtle, but I think, thinking more on it, that's one of my favorite aspects of you, you calling a game is how muted it is when an <laughs> opponent scores. You've, you've gone from the big LeBron, you know, <laughs> intro to LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually really funny. I'll just chuckle when I see you. Sometimes you go really short on the names and really low. It's that they don't deserve to have it said. It's funny. Um, so you start with, with FIU. You're traveling around. Yeah. It's a young program, but... You know, those are the opportunities when you're a college student. You don't care where you go. You don't care what the setup is. You're having so much fun in that moment. What, what do you remember about PAing for, for FIU in those days, the players, the, the staff, the coaches, or just how, how bare bones the setup may have been? What stands out when you reflect on those days? Yeah, I, I, I think it was we were so young, and all the, all the players, a lot of them, yeah. were my age. Freshman too, right? Um, and it was all so new and young that we were just going to school and playing <laughs> basketball. You know, yeah. we were had classes together. Yeah. You know, friends. Um, certainly not what NCAA basketball has become sure. in those what's been now forty plus years. But it really was. Our friends would come to the games, and you know, they our classmates would come out, and and you hung out. We hung out together. Um, it's a little different world today, not necessarily in a in a negative way, but just a little different. That we were we were more just like school kids that yeah you know, hey you play on the basketball team and he's the announcer and and so it was it was a fun uh, I would say definitely a fun experience. Yeah, now college ends and there's only a couple of years later the Heat get going. Uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast you're in from last summer, so you got an opportunity to fill in. Um, that was that was like your audition because you had sent in an application, you weren't the guy, you got a chance to fill in. Tell me about that experience. Did mm -hmm. you think you did a good job that, that day? Um, just the experience of the fill-in, then you start to get more opportunities after that. Uh, the first PA guy, I think you were saying, was also on staff in the communications department because everybody was balancing different roles. So just the, tell me about the origins of getting involved with the heat and, and then maybe the nerves you had when you finally got a, an opportunity. So I'm... Um Still, you know, I graduate, I'm, I'm working, I'm in, the, I'm in the workforce, and I'm announcing FIU games at night. Um, and I apply to the Heat, and don't thank you, we have somebody, don't call us, we'll call you. Yeah. And you just, there's so many times in life that you just need fortune. And one of, one of the good fortune things that happened to me was a friend of mine that I went to school with here, 
who everybody now knows in town. His name is Jose Pañeda. He's the Spanish radio voice of the Miami Heat. He originally took a job as a ticket salesman yeah. for the Miami Heat. And he was great. He was always keeping my name in the right people's ear. Hey, I got a guy. I got a guy. If you need a guy, I got a guy. And one day, they needed a guy. And so I'm working. I'm at my 9 to 5 job, sitting at my desk. The phone rings. Guy on the other end says, this is the Miami Heat. Our announcer is sick, and we're wondering if you can announce the game. So the first thing that comes across my mind is, which of my jerk buddies is on the other end here <laughs> yeah. trying to, you know, you know trying to play me a little bit? Turned out to be legit. Um, I went down. The, the Heat played a team that doesn't even exist anymore. That's how long ago this was. They played the Seattle Supersonics, right. who have since gone on to become the Oklahoma City Thunder. I see Jose. He says, listen, you're going to be great. I've heard you a lot. He said, you're going to be fine. So I go out, am, am, I, am I nervous? I'm absolutely nervous. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm scared to death, but I'm nervous. Yeah. I've done a lot of games. Basketball, I try to tell young upcoming PA guys, you know, basketball is basketball. And sometimes you, you gotta be careful and don't let the lights stare you in the eye too much and get you all worked up. Yeah. So I didn't do anything too over the top. Uh, got through the game, everything was fine. Got a call the next day and was asked if I would be interested in being the permanent backup for the team. Mm -hmm. And so I said, absolutely, yeah. sure. Uh, still doing FIU games. And they brought me in to do a preseason game at one point as the backup. And then the, the guy who had the, the job had to leave the organization to go take over a family business in uh, on the West Coast. And I got a chance to re-audition and brought me on. 32 seasons ago. <laughs> it probably doesn't feel like it's been 30-something years. It doesn't. Yeah. It absolutely doesn't. I mean, when I look at that number, uh, you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, that's, an, that's unbelievable. It's, it really is. It's, 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 an incredible, it's been an incredible career. Tell me about the relationships you've been able to build in this role. I'm, I'm sure you know, one of the biggest perks is just, I mean, you give those guys introductions, but you see them essentially every other day. The, whether it's the player or, or Pat Riley or Spo, just can you talk about some of those relationships you've been able to build uh, through the years and, and what has become one of the most respected organizations in, in professional sports? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's really been, for me, outstanding to work for the organization. Um, it certainly has changed a lot yeah. uh, from my early days. But when you think about uh, when Pat Riley first came, I had been in the chair for about, three seasons maybe yeah and that things you, you could tell oh things are going to be different now and in what in what ways so pat pat wanted to run a, a pretty tight ship yeah where basketball is one side business is another side and they both have importance but basketball is the focus here right so um and i not having worked for any other professional organization in, in the NBA, I, I don't know if this is the norm or not, but our access and interaction with the players is very limited. Right. Very, there's no hanging out, there's no, sure. hey, trading cell phone, there's nothing. Those guys are the ones that are the most important. Yeah. And so I also learned that there were things that Pat wanted and didn't want 
from me, mm -hmm. sitting behind the mic. Um, I never forget the first game that he was our head coach. I did the big introductions for all of our guys, and man, I gave him the, and the head coach of your <laughs> Miami Heat is Pat Riley. And he didn't like I got a message <laughs> that, and, and Pat's yeah. been like this from, from day one. He said, the league is about the players. It's not about the coaches. So let's bring that down a little bit and stay with the emphasis on the players. Yeah. And great, got it, easy. And as we were getting to know each other, you know, more messages would come, other messages would come. Um, and the, the one thing I will say about Pat is he is as consistent today in what it is he wants than he was when he came here in day one. And whether that's too stringent for you, whether it's just right for you, you can't really ask for more than that. If you know what the man wants and you can give him what he wants, that you couldn't be happier with a, an environment working right. like that. I was reading about the origins of, of Dos Minutos uh -huh. you know, coming from a, a production meeting. Yep. You guys wanted to figure out a way to, to give a nod to the you know Hispanic community Correct. here without confusing the non-Hispanic communities. Dos Minutos or two minutes became the thing towards the end. I was reading an article in The Athletic about that and you know the, the catchphrases that play-by-plays or, or PA announcers may have, and it was referencing that story. And it said there, there was a little apprehension because 10 years earlier, you had started the stand up and make some noise to barely any participation. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, really? I don't, I don't do, do you remember when, when that started? Oh, and, sure. And I can't, like to me, I don't know an NBA game and there's you know, pyrotechnics going on, the PA guy's getting hype. I think people get hype, but apparently that wasn't the case. Tell me, tell me about that and wh where the tension came in. So I, because um, <laughs> it sounded awkward reading that article. <laughs> it, it's 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 a hysterical story now. Yeah. Because uh, you know, spoiler alert, it, it worked out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm at the at a game working with my my director at the time, who's gone on now to become uh, one of the VPs in the in the company. And he said, I just got back from a four-city tour. They went and toured four NBA teams. He said, I don't remember which city it was, but there was a call to action right before they introduced the starting lineup. Right. He said, do you think you could come up with something like that and make it a call to action? <laughs> I said, well, give me a few days to think about yeah, it. Yeah, let me mull this over. And so I thought about it. You know, what do I, what, what would I say? What, what, would, what would make sense? Um, and I came up with stand up and make some noise. And so once I was comfortable with, with what it was going to be and how I thought it was going to sound, I, um, I told him, I said, okay, I've got it. And I, if it's all right with you, I'm going to use it tonight. Right. He said, great. So here we go. Get ready to start the introductions. And now, stand up and make some noise for your Miami Heat. Nobody stands up. <laughs> Nobody makes any more noise than they would have made. Oh, no. And I'm, I'm defeated. Now, I've got to go in and finish my starting lineup, <laughs> which going. I do, right? But I'm, I'm defeated saying, oh, God, thought about this? I, I, God. And I turned, to, I turned to him, and he said, I like it. It's going to work. We're just going to keep at it. And we did. And 
I'm still doing it to so this day. Was there, were there flames going off? No, when this, no. Yeah, because I imagine that helps the, the mood oh, there. Oh, sure. You feel the fire. This yeah. stand up and make some noise goes back to the old Miami Arena. Right. Which was before the building that we're in now. And there was no pyro. There was no, <laughs> there, there was no production. That, yeah. that building was built in the mid 80s. So what you see in the Kaseya Center not today set up for success is a lot city. different than what we had to use back in the day. I'm just and imagining so. that intro. No one's, no one's nobody, on their feet. Just nobody's doing it. Just people just say, okay, well, now what do we do? And, I'd say it uh, worked out in the and, end. And yeah. you know what? We stayed with it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's another thing you really have to appreciate is, is the folks in production and in marketing, they're not expecting something necessarily to hit a hundred day one right but they can tell if they think this thing's got legs to it and they support you and they come up with ideas those those minutos is perfect uh story to tell when you talk about right. how, how do we take that idea and how do we make it advance it to make it yeah, people better. from the staff going into the stands right. explaining things it was a concerted effort got it started and now it's become it's become tradition uh, I want to ask about another story. Okay. And it's been 11 years now, I think. So feel free to plead the fifth, though, if you, okay. if you don't want to talk about it. I, I was, you know, I was prepping for this, and I came across this article from, from 2012, and it was when I think we played the Knicks Correct. in the first round. You may know I, where this is I going. I know exactly <laughs> where you're going. In the first round. And uh, it's funny. Amari Stoudemire, yep. so I think he has an FIU connection. I think he might have taken a class in the last few years at FIU. I think we did a feature with him a few years ago. So it's funny. That's full circle. But Amari Stoudemire is on the Knicks. Fouled out of the game, Shane Battier took a charge. Love Shane Battier, by the way, one of my <laughs> favorites. Amari went over to help him up and then pulled his hand away at the last second. <laughs> but he's walking back to the bench. The crowd's getting on him. That was the series where he had hurt his hand earlier by punching the fire extinguisher. Right. And so you said, as he's walking to the bench, Amari Stoudemire, instead of has been disqualified, has right. been fouled out, has been extinguished from this game. I, I think that took you to another level in heat lore. <laughs> The, the organization did issue an apology the next day. I think 11 years, is I don't think, it's a fun story to me to, to read, but what was, what was the, was there any blowback internally to that or what do you remember? Because I think Heat fans loved it. So I, it just came to me. It just, you know, it just, it, it's like. It's hysterical. It's, yeah. It really just came to me and I said it and the minute it came out of my mouth, I kind of, it's kind of one of those things that you wish you could have reeled it back yeah. in but listen it was out it was done yeah um i was i was approached um by our general manager yeah post game andy ellisberg mm -hmm. and he uh, asked to see me in his office and he was not happy probably not at all um again they want things done a certain way <laughs> and i kind of veered off of that um and so i had a conversation with him, apologized, explained yeah. that, no, I totally that was understand. handled well in the aftermath. And put in 22 years of equity at this point, you know. <laughs> like and yeah. so uh, next day, or later that night, I get a call from my game ops director saying, the, the boss wants to meet with you in the morning. Yeah. So I went in, he wanted an explanation. Uh, so I explained everything to him um, and I, I, I would say in the 11 years, it's softened a lot. Yeah. Um, I'll have people come up to me um, and just privately 
you would not expect to say things and say, hey, listen, we got to extinguish this team tonight or, or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, so it, what really concerned me was when it made the, the, the front page of ESPN.com. Oh, yeah. Um, because I'm saying to myself, you feel you've made it more about you yes. than the teams win. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and and it's not positive, right? Right. When the team's coming out and having to apologize, yeah, for something that I said, when I all I tell these young upcoming PA guys is you have to be trustworthy, True. with an open microphone. Yeah, that's it. When you control the on-off button of that microphone, that organization has to know they can trust you, and at that moment, they may have lost a little bit of that, and that really that hurt me and it bothered me. And I, I will tell you, like anybody else, I was worried if I was going to have sure. a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, because you, we see it all the time. Uh, announcers who talk a lot. You're a broadcaster. Oh, you yeah. know. If I want to say the, anything, the wrong, since I just take one, it off. I don't trust the, the mute button. The one <laughs> wrong word that comes out of your mouth, then that costs you a career. Yeah. So while it wasn't anything offensive, and I was trying to be funny, and a lot of some responses have been, yeah, it was funny. The ones that were the most important right. didn't 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 want it, and so listen, lesson learned, and and we're in good shape. And and I, 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 I got, think with time, it's become a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah with time. Um, yeah, and and to hear your reaction to it is nice as well. <laughs> um, to know that it wasn't malicious or anything. No. It was it was just uh, you know, but that that was. That was the one time that I started to sweat a little bit. I, I feel you should have, you know, in a decades-long career, there, <laughs> if that's your slip-up, I think that's just fine. <laughs> and I, I'm sure with time, Amari would probably be like, yeah, that was, that was a good one. <laughs> we'll ask him next time he's on campus. Because right. we, did, we did interview him a few years ago. We probably should have asked him about that and said, oh, he's, he's our guy here, too. <laughs> that's funny. You get a kick out of that. Um, so now another another NBA Finals. Um, it's It's been a incredible run this year what's been the most fun aspects of, of this year for you and maybe it's just the the last month in itself uh, but what what makes this year different than the, the last finals couple finals runs we've had if there is anything or does it just kind of feel like oh it's, oh, good to feel, it's, it's a comfortable blanket I'm <laughs> totally different yeah uh, going back and yes we made it the year we were in the bubble but we're gonna put that on the side for right. a minute those four consecutive years that we went to the finals, the expectation from preseason game one yeah. was your team better get to the finals. <laughs> That's a little different thought process. Um, and people ask me a, a lot about what those four years were like. Oh my God, that must have been amazing. You went to the finals four years in a row. You had three great players. And it was. Yeah. But at the same time, it was awful because we were under a microscope every night of every game of every one of those seasons. Yeah. Anything that happened became bigger than life. Uh, so you really had to be on top, of, on top of your game. Then you've got the expectations of you've got to get to the finals. Then you've got the expectations that you've got to win the finals. So that's a totally different spot right. than where we would put this team now. Sure, we had some expectation getting to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, falling just short. Um, but never during the season did you feel like you could say, okay, 
here we go, we're going to make that run back. Yeah. So to directly answer your question, I would say it's been these last six, six weeks, eight weeks has probably been the most enjoyable it's been. Um, and it's been interesting to, to see that, that aspect on social media. There's a lot of people who will say, you know, as amazing as it was to have the best players in the world for those four straight titles runs altogether, there's a, there's a different kind of gratification coming out of this finals run. And maybe it's with that element, just the complete unexpected nature sure, of it. Sure, sure. Being an 8 seed, taking down the one, it's, it's, it, it definitely is a different feel, and it's not so much a knock on the other teams, but this is, this is a, a run that he have never had. No, we've never seen anything like this, AJ. And, yeah. and you look at the players we're doing it with, these guys that have been home, homegrown for the Heat, whether yeah. it be the G League or, or signing uh, two-way contracts, um, and they're being so instrumental in winning the biggest games on the biggest stage. It's something that a lot of just people as human beings can identify with, right? Being overlooked, having something go against your way professionally. And, th and these guys kind of embody the ideal way to move forward from that, whether it's Struess after being weighed by the Celtics, mm -hmm. you know, Caleb Martin not being drafted, all these, and there's so, so many examples. I think the city really identifies with that. You know, a lot of people, um, and that's part of what makes this run really special, just the guys that are doing it, as you said, and then, yeah, having a, a bulldog like Jimmy Butler lead, <laughs> lead the way and seeing him score 40, 50-plus in games, too. That's a lot of fun. That is That's fun. a lot of fun, too. I really admire how you kind of approach things now, you know, three-plus th three decades as a professional with the Heat, but you're still, you're, you still come back here to do FIU football games in the fall. You, you want to be connected to your alma mater. Uh, you know, there's certain Heat games each year now, it seems, you'll have – a guy that does a lot of our games, Luis Perez, you'll give him an opportunity with, with the Miami Heat. I know how meaningful that is to him. You know, how important is that to you, one, to you know, kind of guide or mentor who may be next, to be connected to a place that got you your start? It seems like you keep these things in mind as, as you move forward. Yeah, that's very important to me, AJ, is knowing how did I get to where I am now? Because I'm in a very lucky spot. Yeah. And it's thanks to a lot of people in my past. And FIU is one of those organizations that really was the launch of my career. And so to be able to come back and, and announce for my alma mater, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, while basketball is not real feasible because of the overlap of the schedule, <laughs> yeah. uh, being able to do uh, the football games has been so much fun. Uh, and it's, it's a way that I like to let the university know, hey, I'll always appreciate the opportunity you gave me. The mentoring is something that I think I have to do. I have a passion for what it is I do as a public address announcer. I've made a connection with the South Florida Miami Heat fans. Right that I think is second to none. They have accepted me, we have a great time, they get me fired up, I get them fired up, and they play along with all of our stand-up and make some noise in Dos Minutos, and uh, now we've got another one out where I say, Jim, me, and then the whole arena says, Butler, yeah. and so um, that's been fantastic, and I think that relationship is important. And so that's why when it comes to working with younger guys or working with my backup, Lewis, uh, making sure they understand that. That if, you're, if you want to take this role, 
there's some things you're going to have to do other than just show up at night, turn the mic on, right. announce the game, and go home. Uh, at least I think that. I remember I've, I've done, I don't know how I fell into these roles. I've, only, I've done PA like two or three times. And again, it was a fill-in. Okay. And I was probably the last guy on the list. But they were like, <laughs> hey, let's call AJ. And I, I was more nervous than 99% of the play-by-play games I had done. Because I, if, if I butcher something on a play-by-play, it's whatever, I'll just re-say it. Or, you know, it's a three-hour broadcast. It's fine. <laughs> If you, put, if, you, if you pause too long before you say somebody's a sophomore, like, at guard, a, a sophomore, <laughs> number, like, everyone notices. All it takes is a second mis, of misreading to, to make the starting lineups awkward. <laughs> it is such a performance. And a lot of times, like the pyrotechnics, like we said, those are going off, it's dark, music's going crazy. You have to be locked in. It, I don't think people realize especially for the starting introductions, but then over the course of the game, trying to keep a flow to it going, it's, it's an art. It is, it is a performance. You are not just reading off a script <laughs> the, the whole time. That's the thing that stood out to me. I appreciate you recognizing <laughs> that, AJ, because uh, all of my career, I have been a public address announcer. Right. People always ask me, why, when are you going to get into play-by-play? Why don't you get into radio? Why don't you... Because my skill set <laughs> is being a public address announcer. Now, the average people out there wouldn't even know what that meant. Right. But what I do, that skill set, I'm built for that. I, I like to say I know where my lane is. <laughs> uh, for me, to try to take on your role would leave me just as <laughs> whatever you, you want to say right. um, about, um, I don't know, what? I got to continually talk? I mean, <laughs> and, uh, and so it, it is different, but yet people just watching what you and I do you know, together would say, oh, they could do each other's job easy. But they're totally different. I would agree. Totally different skill sets. Yeah, that's why I was, I was surprised internally. I was like, I can't do PA. Whereas externally, people may think it's interchangeable. I, I think it's a lot more difficult than, than that. I just remember that. I think, I think what, like when I did a three call, I was like, I'm going to sound so dumb. <laughs> three, I can't do that. Like I, I can announce it on a play-by-play broadcast. Right. I feel very comfortable, but trying to drag it, and I'm thinking inflection, tone, how high, how low am I, how long do, this is a mess. This is a, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, or if I mis, mis forget one name on the starter, I think I did a volleyball match against UCF once, and either mispronounced the wrong name or something. The coach is walking over the table like, this, you, you didn't get this right. This, is our starters correct? It's like, no, the PA guy just misread it. You're fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> your starters are set, man. So it's, I had my mistakes in the first one, but uh, it, it gave me a great appreciation for it, even more than, than I already had, had listening to you through the years. When you walk around this campus, just how, how different does it feel? Does it feel like it was just the other day? I mean, this, I feel this place has grown so much, even in the last five or five to 10 years, what, what, what emotions come back as you walk? Do you really just get a chance to go to come here to the football facility and then you head back or do you, you have a chance every now and then to walk around, kind of reflect on what it was in your time here? Um, you know, I have been invited back. Uh, I graduated from the business school and so yeah. the business schools had me back and uh, we've done some things together. Um, it, I'm so proud of what FIU has become. You know, as I said, when I came here in 1981, there were five buildings, <laughs> five buildings on campus. There's more parking garages now on yeah. campus than there were buildings. Um, and to see what uh, President Medique 
followed by President Rosenberg, uh, were able to, to do with this university and the growth of it, it just fills me with a great sense of pride. Um, most of the time I'm coming back, it's to come here to do the, the football games or to do a special event for one of the schools or, or something or other. But yeah. uh, I just, I, I can't get over it. The number of alums that this school has the, in South Florida and uh, around the country and around the world, it's, it's phenomenal. And certainly not anything I thought I'd see here as a member of the first freshman class that they ever admitted to FIU. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it has been amazing. It's a special place. And it's just going to, they're, they're still building. <laughs> they're still, they're still being, <laughs> all of the street corner over there. Something's being built. I don't even know which one, but they're still building. And it's, it's exciting to see. I know it's, it's cool for me when I'm doing the, 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 whether the ESPN plus broadcast or radio, I love when you get to the third or fourth quarter and you do the PA read for the post-game show, and you're like, make sure to listen to the you know, FIU post-game show with AJ Rick. And I'm like, that's the guy out here on every Heat game in high school. And it's fun. I used to not not care for the Heat. I was a big Orlando Magic guy growing up, so I have, I have an identity crisis, right? <laughs> I don't know if I, if I should be allowed to, but I've adopted the Heat. How can you not when you live right. in the city? Um, but uh, it's, it's cool to see that. So uh, I know FIU is really proud of the, the journey you've had and you get to be a voice of the city for the Miami Heat and, no, and hopefully we can get another one of these rings man I know we get Wednesday night is our next game and it was Sunday after that Wednesday uh, and Sunday. actually game four will, will be, be Friday Friday okay. Wednesday and Friday and yeah. then we head back out to uh, to Denver we got a shot we got a shot man we you know <laughs> we do have a chance absolutely yeah absolutely and I don't think there's any reason to put any doubt in this team after no. what we've seen. There is no reason to doubt them, and you should have full faith that they're going to give it everything they've got. What, whatever happens, it's been a run to remember, but let's see if, yeah. we, can see if we can I'm finish with you this thing off. Yeah, I'm with I'll, you on I'll, that. I'll, I want to bang some pots and pans on Biscayne before. <laughs> I never had the chance to do that. I was always out of town when, we wanted to, when I was in college, so I want to be on Biscayne. I was out of the watch party there. You're hosting some watch oh, parties, yeah. aren't you? Yep. Where are we, yours at? We were... For the finals, we're inside the uh, Kaseya Center. Okay. We had 10,000 people. That's right. I saw Jeremy Taché going nuts the other two. day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was after we <laughs> it was won. awesome. Yeah. And, it's like uh, they're hoisting babies in the air. <laughs> it's an interesting phenomenon what happens there. Yeah. You fill the building with people who are huge Heat fans. Yeah. But maybe don't get a chance to go to very many games. Right. Or if they go, they're generally sitting in the 300 level. So now you've got... 10,000 loud, rabid Heat fans that are all in the lower bowl. The sheer volume in that place yeah. is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And yeah. I would expect, regardless of whether you sit upstairs or downstairs, tomorrow night it's going to be insane. Oh, it's going to be thing. insane. Yeah, I'm going to try I'm going to make that next watch party uh, for our next road games. That, that, I didn't realize it was happening. I should have, should have realized there was something going on there. But, yeah, where I was watching on Miracle Mile, I think, uh, game seven for, against the Celtics. And yeah, at the end of that, the end of that game, at John Martin's, the, the owner just comes by the bar with this pot and pan and starts <laughs> went electric. I can't. I was like, the pots and pans, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so synonymous. So that was fun, and hopefully we can do that on uh, on Biscayne, uh, in addition to Miracle Mile moving forward. Always appreciate chopping up with you. Mike. Thanks, Thanks for the time. Yeah, you this has bet. been great. This has been great. Let's go Panthers. Go Panthers. And let's go Heat. Great.